The Process, a podcast about creativity and making music. In a world where maybe no one is listening, outcomes and accolades for contemporary classical composers can seem far and few between. Therefore, composers must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one composer and their music. By understanding how and why they create can inform inspiring composers and help audiences better understand contemporary classical music. In addition, each composer will be asked to answer a few of the creative cogitations. The creative cogitations are a list of questions all creative people should ask themselves. You can find a complete list of these creative cogitations at thenoisebuffalo at blogspot.com, as well as this and future episodes. I am Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of new music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. guest is Eric Salazar. Eric Salazar is an emerging artist with international press attention. Dubbed a superhuman clarinet hero by Big Car in 2015, Salazar pioneers the indie classical genre. He takes his classical training and fuses together modern electronics with classical instruments, blending ancient styles with present musical trends. Salazar's collective approach to performing wins the hearts of audiences as he guides them through the exploration of raw emotion. Eric's purpose for writing music is to create art that challenges standards, unites audiences of uncommon backgrounds, and connects souls through creative understanding. Salazar is a 2017 recipient of the Robert D. Beckham Jr. Emerging Artist Fellowship by the Arts Council of Indianapolis. When not writing and performing new music, Salazar enjoys drinking tea, playing video games, reading comics, enjoying the nightlife, and making people laugh. Thanks so much for uh, 
coming on to the podcast, The Process. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Um, so I wanted to start with a quote um, from Kyle Long, uh, who's a Novo music columnist. Uh, he, his quote says, Salazar is a dynamic and creative performer who composes music pairing his virtuoso clarinet skills against washes of electronic sound. <laughs> so that's a really cool, that's a, that's a really great quote. Yeah. Uh, does that, does that encapsulate your music? Is that, is that what you're doing? Um, yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I mean, I'm so honored by Kyle's words, uh, u- using the term virtuoso. Uh, but yeah, I, I try to create these electronic, uh, backdrops that are essentially they're there to create a mood and then I take the skills that I have with clarinet playing and I bring that to the table and sort of marry that classically trained clarinet feeling to these moods created by these electronic washes. Well, speaking of being uh, classically trained, uh, it says here that you hold a bachelor's of music and clarinet performance from Ball State as well as uh, a master's in music and clarinet performance from Bowling Green State uh, University. Um, tell me a little bit about how, so this is clarinet, right? This is clarinet performance. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing that I've always wondered is it, how did you transition to quote unquote become a composer? <laughs> or were you always a composer or, you know? Oh yeah, well, <laughs> that's a great question. And it was kind of, I guess I'll tell you the full story. So sure. when I was at Ball State, I took one single group composition uh, lesson. And it was all it course. was all over from there. And <laughs> the the professor there, uh, mm-hmm. Jody Nagel, mm-hmm. uh, we got some one-on-one time because I was just working. At that point in time, I wouldn't call anything a full piece yet. It was just a bunch of sketches. And I was talking to him about... Uh, just describing how, to me, these notes are characters, and what I've written down so far tells a story. And he, he kind of looked at me funny, and he goes, Eric, um, I've got some really bad news. You're a composer. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because <laughs> at that time, I was really uh, performance-oriented, and I, I still am. That's the great part about this niche I've found. Mm-hmm. I perform my own compositions. But So that was sort of like the first step along the way. And then fast forward a few years to the end of my master's degree, I, I was really coming into my own with improvisation. I even actually... At that time, I was teaching some improvisation master classes uh, as a grad student, which that Mm -hmm. was really kind of a big deal to me at the time. Uh, And so it came around to my master's degree recital, and I, of course, played a good mixture of uh, the standard clarinet repertoire and then a piece that I commissioned when I was in grad school, but I really wanted to do something super special. Because it's, you know, one of the biggest events of my life at that time. So, without telling anyone, I secretly... Secretly. (laughs) uh, ...bought Reaper Audio Editor, which was the recommendation of one of my friends, Eric Heidbritter. He's the bassoonist with Fifth House Ensemble based in Chicago. 
and I started messing around with it, and I also, without telling anyone, I bought some recording equipment. I bought the, uh, oh, those Zoom H4 uh, devices. They're sure. pretty good for, you know, recording, like if you're in a, a concert hall or something, just setting it in front of the ensemble. But, well, uh, well, they're portable, and then they also can act as an interface as well. Right, so, yeah, right. So uh, the interface is what led to my first, what I would call, real composition. <laughs> I essentially recorded myself improvising on one channel and then switched to a different channel and recorded myself improvising alongside the improvisation I just did. And it was really addicting in a way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just spent... A couple of weeks just doing that till I got the backing track to uh, my first real piece called Siren, which is on uh, the album that you helped me with, Doug. And so <laughs> I do my master's recital. There's a standing ovation, and people are just like not stopping clapping. And so I was just like, you know what? Now's the time. And mm -hmm. so I told them to stop clapping and then I told them I was gonna play something really special and I played Siren and that was uh, my first real composition and what made me realize that this is what I should be doing mm -hmm. is some of my closest friends from grad school afterwards were like Eric man you know the Copeland was great you played Debussy really well but your piece it was like I was hearing you and just you for the first time. siren it's like uh not like an ambulance siren it's like the mythological sirens in ah, the, Odyssey. the siren the siren song mm -hmm. I see. so it's it's supposed to be kind of eerie uh, and beautiful and seductive but there's some menacing intention mm -hmm. behind it and that's why it, it's got all those pitch bends and the harmonies that that they move in and out of being pleasing to the ear to clashing. So like a moment goes by and your ears get tickled in a rough way and then the moment passes and it sounds nice again and you're like, what's going on? And sure. that's supposed to emulate the, the siren song. Great. Uh, so at what point of the piece do we crash into the rocks? Does, it, <laughs> does, does that happen? Or? Well, the funny part is about halfway through, it mm -hmm. starts getting dance-like. So sure. it's like, it's like, it, it's like you're, you have succumbed to the spell, sure. and now sure. you are you are charmed, so to speak. And it kind of at the end there gets to be a lot of clarinet trills, and things get really fast, and there's a lot of clashing harmonies, and that's kind of when <laughs> you open your eyes and realize that there's a, a, a sea monster that's <laughs> yes going to kill you. <laughs> so so what was your what was the impetus for this or the inspiration for it? You for... know, I just like to tell stories, and sure. I like reading stories. And uh, music for me is 
uh, I, I focus a lot on mood, but I try to tell a story in that mood. And mm -hmm. so, again, I had this file that I loved, and then when I put it in a Reaper, playing with the file helped me discover what the music actually was. And as I was listening to it, I just couldn't help but think of the story of the siren song. Sure. Well, technically, there's this really creative or interesting moment when we hear what sounds to be the natural clarinet, mm -hmm. um, but it's actually part of the quote unquote, what I'm calling the tape part or the electronic oh, yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what so what was the the thinking behind that? And then shortly after we hear the we hear a clarinet, we think perhaps it is the quote unquote real clarinet. <laughs> and then we start to hear um, then you actually come in um, as right. the clarinet. So what was that moment about? What was what, what you know, what were you exploring there? Yeah. So uh, this was, you know, again, my first piece I actually wanted to share publicly. So uh I wasn't sure at the time, artistically, if I wanted to go full electronic or sure. <laughs> keep the, that clarinet sound. And so it, it kind of, there's a lot of reverb on that, uh, we'll call it the electronic clarinet part. Sure. Uh, and so it sort of distorts the natural sound of the clarinet. So it's like, um, uh, uh, for me, that moment is just about becoming transfixed or the spell is being cast on you and so uh, all of your natural perceptions are suddenly shifted and things are blurry and hazy uh, and then when the clarinet imitates what mm -hmm. happens immediately before it in the electronic clarinet part it's sort of like the spell is complete and you are now repeating what was done uh, before, so you're you're officially under the spell. Yeah, and then I, 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 you know, prior to that, and especially after that, then it becomes really hard to discern now what is the you know the live part and yeah. and what's the performance part. And I'm sure in a live performance we would visually see you playing, so that would give us some cues. Um, but listening to it solely as a recording, uh, it becomes this really interesting sort of moment where you're like. Okay, now who you know who's in charge here? What's going on? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's sort of a lens to the story that you're telling. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I like how it, it, it does so much. But all, all it really is is a sound file and me playing clarinet. But it, it's there's so much depth to the sound itself. Sure. Well, fantastic. Well, let's um, let's listen to another one then. Um, let's do uh, the title track from your upcoming album, uh, Soul Search, um, and let's take a listen to that. And we'll be interested to hear sort of some of your ideas behind creating that then. Thank you. 
Great, and that was Soul Search, uh, composed and performed by Eric Salazar. Uh, that is also the title track of the upcoming EP, uh, Soul Search. Um, so tell us a little bit about how this piece was created. I, just referencing real quickly Siren as compared to this piece, it feels like they were created in very different ways, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe talk a little bit about how this piece came to be. Yeah, um, this is one of my favorites. I play it as pretty much every time I have a set where I can play something, <laughs> I play Soul Search. Uh, but so I'll talk a little bit about how it came to be artistically and then get into sort of the, the the process of... <laughs> we should have a digging sound every time somebody says <laughs> the word, keep a right? Tally. Yeah. Whoever says it the most, most. that's, that's yeah. the best episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> they get the most points. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a contest. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually uh, open admission. I'm a total nerd mm -hmm. for video games. Sure. And this was inspired by one of best moments of Final Fantasy VI. There's this, my one of my favorite characters, his name is Cyan, and he's a samurai, and he's the faithful servant to his king. Mm. Uh, and the main villain in the game, which is a crazy, like, clown guy named Kefka. <laughs> yes. This sounds all very Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he basically He's leading an army that's besieging this castle, and Cyan is fighting bravely. Things are going well. It's looking like they're going to hold out. Uh, and then Kefka does a very dirty trick and poisons their water supply. Mm -hmm. And so all of Cyan's soldiers and his king and his wife and son die from the poisoned water. Those games are filled with amazing music. Sure. But this is one of those moments where silence was as impactful. They took away all of the background music and just had like a like a wind sound. Yeah. And it's just Cyan staring as his family's being carried away. And so that wind sound and that moment of like just the emotions that he had been feeling, I can't even imagine. That's what inspired Soul Search artistically. Um, I wanted it to be introspective. And I always tell people when I play it live with Soul Search, I say, think of something that's been bothering you lately. Maybe it's something someone said or did to you, or maybe it was something you said or did to someone that you regret. Whatever it is, think about it. And while Soul Search is playing, let the music bring that demon out of you, and hopefully by the end of it, you can let it go. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going for artistically, and it's inspired by that single moment that just affected me so deeply in that video game 